You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is the 415ers prog- progress. This is the 415ers <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy. Follow Mark on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. You can follow me on social at Giddings 10 uh, I do actually want to mention before we pivot a little bit, Mark, um, John Lynch had some nice things to say about a University of Oregon duck. I don't know if you caught that towards the, the tail end of oh, his, his talk. And Diamador Lenore. What do you think I of that? I did not. I did not grab that sound for us because I figured if I did, you would laugh me off the podcast because it's, it's not worth. I mean, I would just mute it for 30 seconds, but that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, he had uh, he had some really, really positive things to say about Diamador Lenore. And it kind of got me thinking, Evan, what does this mean for, you know, that free agent discussion we had last week? Uh, or last week, last episode earlier this week about Jimmy Ward and the solution I I gave for not re-signing Jimmy Ward is move Diamador Lenore to the corner, pardon me, to the nickel corner spot, which Jimmy Ward held this season, and then re-sign Emmanuel Mosley, who of course had a really good start to the season, but then tore his ACL early in that game against the Carolina Panthers. And the thought is you should be able to get him maybe under potential market value because that injury probably suppresses his market a little bit. It happened early enough in the season that you would expect him to be healthy relatively early in the year, if not the entire season. And and maybe that's a economical solution for the 49ers. And then Nick Bosa was on Richard Sherman's podcast via the volume, and he offered this about the Niners' defense this offseason? We're going to be attacking on D. Um, we got dogs at every level, um, especially this year. Uh, I think Fred and Dre have taken another step, which is kind of scary. And then we got Charvarius back there. E-Man will be back. So it's only up from here. E-Man will be back, Evan. Going to be back. Uh, I do believe this makes 100% sense for the 49ers. And I do think that Diamondor Lenore moving to the nickel and John Lynch also referenced in that soundbite the fact that last year Lenore was sort of thrown into action and that's how he was able to grow a lot and responded um, in relatively positive fashion. I know everyone's got some down games, but he did pretty well considering the situation he was thrust into. And I think something could be similar next year if he's put in a position at the nickel spot, which he is you know, maybe a little more familiar with, but obviously it's going to be a change from which he played last year. As far as Emmanuel Mosley is concerned, I only offer a piece of advice, which is I, I uh, be careful what you wish for, specifically <laughs> when it comes to players coming off of injury. Now, I don't doubt that Emmanuel Mosley can be a great corner, but coming off an ACL tear 
And we've seen 49ers defensive backs, specifically Jason Verrett, who have had trouble with certain tears, injuries. Not to say that a guy like Mosley has had the track record of a Jason Verrett, who, of course, had injuries even going back to college. But I would temper expectations for a guy that had that serious of an injury in the next season because obviously you got Mooney Ward, Traverius Ward on the other side, who's a dominant number one. I think a lot of people will be expecting Mosley to regain the form that he found before his injury. And to me, that's a little bit higher than I would personally expect. And so that number two corner position could also be one that Lenore might have to slot back into if Mosley isn't ready, assuming, of course, that he's coming back, which it sounds like uh, the smaller bear and former reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, believes he will be. Yeah, I do think there's a possibility that Nick Bosa is unaware, or at least at the time that he said that on the Richard Sherman podcast, again, from the volume, that he was unaware that Emmanuel Mosley is a free agent. And perhaps he was just referring to the fact that he'll be back from his injury. I think that's a possibility that that he wasn't saying he thinks the Niners are going to re-sign him. Perhaps he just wasn't aware. But I also would imagine, I mean, Emmanuel Mosley in the Niners, uh, you know, facilities all season, even after the ACL tear rehabbing and getting work in. And if for whatever reason, Emmanuel Mosley was giving off a certain energy or, or made it known that, that he wasn't going to be back next year, that Nick Bosa would probably know that as well. So it probably doesn't mean it's a dumb deal that you should, you know, go and bet your whole life savings on Emmanuel Mosley returning, getting a, a contract and signing it with the Niners this offseason. But it certainly doesn't mean that he's not coming back. It, it probably means that it's a good sign for him. That might mean it's a bad sign for Jimmy Ward, though. There are always kind of a, a give and take with these things. So we will see. But I do think that is a viable solution. You are right, though. There is a chance. I mean, maybe even abilities aside, Evan, maybe he doesn't regain that, you know, peak level. But also there's a chance. I mean, he, he might not be ready until, say, week five or something. And, and I don't know. I don't know if you're willing to throw out Ambry Thomas as your starter for the first four weeks or Giamador Lenore and someone else in the nickel. So you might have to figure it out. Maybe it's not the the best solution. But for a Niner team that is trying to save pennies everywhere they can to make sure they can afford Nick Bosa and everyone else, it might be one of the better economical solutions, but we will see. Yeah, and that Bosa contract, we have, I believe, a lot of time to break down because as the Niners have shown, they don't typically tend to do those things until close to the season. Uh, but you're right, he will get paid. I also think Mosley, on a quick note, is in a position where if he wants to come back, the Niners will be able to sign him. Typically, other teams don't tend to take flyers on injured players unless yeah. they've kind of been in and around their system. So the four Niners, in my opinion, get first dibs on Mosley. And the fact that he's hurt might also suppress some of his uh, financial um, concerns. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Speaking of free agency and something that might be able to allure... Mm some potential free agents to San Francisco is the first annual NFL Players Association report card, Mark, which I 
at face value, kind of like. I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, not all the categories I was necessarily astounded um, or interested in, I should say. But the fact of the matter is that among the 32 teams, among the grades that are broken down into treatment of families, food service and nutrition, the weight room, strength coaches, training staff, and finally training room, the 49ers rank seventh of the 32 teams among all of these grades. Uh, I'll give you first serve as to what you kind of gleaned from this, as well as perhaps also what some of the other teams didn't do in the face of how well the Niners graded. Uh, so obviously when I see this, again, it's a bunch of players uh, offering their thoughts on all these different categories that you mentioned. And this is also kind of sorry, a- locker room and team travel were the two that I left out. Yeah, so it's the accumulation of all these players. I think the number is 1,300 total players, total NFL players contributed to this report. And, you know, for each team on each of those categories, they gave them a letter grade. And again, it's just an average of all of the grades that all the players offered. Uh, first, I my, my instinct, you go and look at what your team did. And the San Francisco 49ers, as you mentioned, seventh had a handful of A's. One thing that stood out was that the training room was the Niners' worst graded thing at, at a C plus. Um, but for me, Evan, uh, one of the the other after I, I look at what my team is and, and how they did, I, I look at some of the more embarrassing teams, and one of them does reside in the NFC West, uh, and it is the Arizona Cardinals. To no one's surprise, if you had to guess the most dysfunctional locker room, dysfunctional team dysfunctional organization in the NFC West. I think 95% of our listeners would probably say the Arizona Cardinals. Seven categories. The Cardinals received an F, or worse, because F minuses exist in this poll. Four of their seven categories received an F or an F minus, including for the Arizona Cardinals in their treatment of their families, food service and nutrition, the weight room, Uh, Pardon me, five Fs. I said four. Five Fs of the eight categories. I can't do simple counting here. Uh, But treatment of families, food service, nutrition, weight room, training room, and locker room. All Fs or F minuses for the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe it's just who I am, Evan. But as much as I'm looking for the positives from my team, I'm also looking at some of the embarrassment and the negatives from some other teams. And the Cardinals are right up there with everyone else in terms of looking terrible from this report card. Well, and if I can kind of add on to the the punching bag that's been the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> in this segment, Jonathan Gannon, you got a lot of work to do, buddy. Oh uh, my so the, God. the strength, for, to put this in perspective also, the strength staff was their best grade, right? A minus. The 49ers as well also received, I believe, an A, so slightly above, right? The 49ers ranked... The 49ers were tied for 10th. So that means even though the Arizona Cardinals were an A minus, which sounds like a good grade, they were still middle to lower end of the pack <laughs> in their best possible grade. I also oh. love the fact that you can give a team an F minus. I feel like that is duly deserved. <laughs> but the fact that the, and, and the okay, the fact that the Arizona Cardinals were worse than the Cincinnati Bengals, who historically have been one of the cheapest organizations in football from the time that they were founded to now 
There is a reason why I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals draft a lot of uh, high-profile college players. It's because their scouting staff is bare and slim to none. They do not spend money on their team. They do not spend money on their players. They also received, I believe, three Fs, so less Fs than the Arizona Cardinals, the cheapest and and to a lot of places. I know that they've been to the Super Bowl recently, but they do not invest in their own players. The Bengals do, and the Cardinals were worse than them. Uh, so shout out the 49ers, I guess, for not being in that group. Uh, although it sounds like they do need some bigger cold tubs in the training room from what people were, uh, were saying. Yeah, to, to be fair to the Cardinals, they did not receive ultimately the worst total grade. That belongs to the Washington Commanders. But that's a given. The commanders will come in last in these things, uh, as always. Uh, So the Cardinals not being last really isn't much of an accomplishment. The top, uh, you mentioned the 49ers seventh. Some expected names for me at the top, but but a couple of surprises as well. The Vikings overall number one. uh, The Miami Dolphins two. Raiders three. Texans four. Cowboys fifth. Packers sixth. And then the 49ers seventh, you have a lot of really proud franchises that have had a lot of success, specifically Niners, Packers, Cowboys stand out. But the Texans up there kind of surprised me and and the Vikings number one overall was surprising. I I suppose their brand new stadium up in, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis probably helps out. They have great team facilities, but they take care of their guys as well. But I don't, it, it's kind of illuminating to hear the, the player's perspective and, and things like this, Evan, while maybe we didn't have the, the way to correctly quantify this from a player's perspective in the past, I think you will start to see some, some trends perhaps line up with free agent decisions and where certain players go because of something like this. Obviously, we didn't have this report card in the past, but it was known among players. I mean, they're all friends. They're all part of this fraternity. They know, hey, you know, I was, I really enjoyed my time with the Texans. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get every free agent, but perhaps they might get more players than a really bad team would otherwise. So something like this probably makes, allows us to make some of these connections with, with some decisions that players will make in free agency. I think I'm a little more wait and see on that than you. And one of the reasons I think the grades are a little telling that the players of course, the 1300 that you mentioned, um, the only categories that they did not bury were the staff. So the guys that they work with on a daily (laughs) basis, only two teams in both the strength staff and the training staff categories received failing grades. Everyone else got pretty much a B or an A. However, the treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, training room, and locker room, the things that are controlled by the higher powers and that the players do not typically deal with on a daily basis, were the ones where they could be a little more, uh, let's put it honestly, or um, you know, revealing with some of their grades. So I'm not sure how much I read into it, but you know, it is interesting. And it's nice to see the 49ers in the top 10 for sure. Um, and, and that's something I would expect from a quality organization. So we'll definitely, uh, I don't know who knows. And you could be right. There could be some connection in the future and who knows? We'll see if, uh, a guy like, I don't know. Well, actually I don't have a free agent off the top of my head, Mark, but you know, maybe there's a guy who cites specifically the, the training staff or the locker room or maybe not in the Niners case, the training room, but I don't know, the treatment of family and something like that. So there, there's probably too many variables here to, to really say, 
oh, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the corner for the Eagles, he signed with so-and-so because he loves their training facilities. Like, there's there's too many variables to go through here. But but maybe if you get a large enough sample size, I mean, I guess it's, it's also easy to say. I mean, a lot of the teams at the top of the list are known generally as good franchises. Like, that's just kind of the expectation for a lot of those teams. So it's, it's, it's probably something we already knew for the most part as well, but I'll be interested to kind of keep an eye on that. And, and maybe it, it gives a little insight into what certain players value perhaps more over others. Yeah. Also a lot of those teams at the top uh, quality teams, as I would imagine the <laughs> largest category that matters in the factor of a free agency decision would be roster. So uh, the 49ers <laughs> got an A in that category as far as I'm concerned, Mark. And uh, we can I don't know, we can hand out our own grades on the next episode. But that'll be coming at you next week, next Tuesday. Again, off-season schedule Tuesday and Thursday here for the 415ers. We appreciate you tuning in. Mark, my man, thank you. Let's chat next week. Sounds good. I've been looking forward to it already. All right. Please download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Five stars appreciated. That's Mark. I'm Evan. We'll talk to you next time.